Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. But later in the program, we're going to be looking at our Minute on Innovation with Christina Sikiotis. Going to focus on innovation other than on the dollars this week. Also talking with uh, Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants about some of those letters that are coming out from the Australian Taxation Office at the moment. But right now we're going to have a chat with Belinda Bow from Green Chili Marketing. Good afternoon, Belinda. Good afternoon, Julian. So uh, we're going to look a little bit of social media, but to start the ball rolling, why do businesses need to undertake marketing? It's marketing is a, a key component of any business. It's it's important that businesses understand that because of all the new technology out there, customers are actually inundated with loads of information. So they've got it coming from all angles. And this overload can cause so much confusion for their customers. So basically businesses need to think about who they're trying to attract attract to their business and their ideal client and make sure that the messages that they're putting out there are crystal clear so they're getting the right customer coming to their doors. So, so what type of marketing should uh, we consider? Well, it's really important that businesses look at quite a few facets of marketing rather than just one thing. Even if they're an online store, that they, they should look at other options. So for an example, just, just going across a few different platforms, they might want to develop a website, maybe a client relationship management system, even do some brochures. And again, even if it's an online store, that's really important. Um, they also want to engage on social media as well, which is a, a crucial part of pretty much any marketing strategy these days. So why do you say that uh, social media is crucial? Well, I guess it's, it's, it's crucial because you get to talk directly to your customers. It's a very different process than, than having a brochure or a website or anything like that because their customers can actually talk back to them. Social media, yes, it's another marketing tool, but they can engage in social media to increase, increase their exposure, but on a one-on-one basis. And they can get in front and engage directly with their customers, which is just amazing. Um, think about it this way. Your competitors are on there talking to your customers. So how can you afford not to? Mm. So, uh, I mean, you started off with with, uh, fitting this into the marketing uh, uh, profile, if you like. It's important for us to understand that just because social media has come along, the rules for marketing haven't really changed, have they? It's just a different platform. Absolutely. Um, marketing is really staying true to who you are and staying true to the business that you've set up for yourself. There's no point just, say you've got $100 to spend on marketing, there's no point focusing that $100 on marketing for a blanket effect that attracts maybe one or two of your ideal clients. You want to make sure that your marketing spend is focused to get the right people coming to your door. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, one of the... Uh um, little analogies that someone gave uh-huh. me the other week about, uh, for example, a website is that uh-huh. uh, um, with, a, with a retail shop, people come in your front door, but in with yeah. a website, they can come in the back door, in the side window, because they can come yeah. in on any page. So Absolutely, it's, yeah. But it's still yeah. important for us to maintain those rules of marketing, of attracting attention and, and action, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. And and the interesting thing is that the, the retail... The retail people out there at the moment are saying, you know, we're not getting people coming through our door. But what they're not doing is that even when people take the time to go into their stores, they're not actually capturing any details. They're not really engaging with them. They're not giving them superior service. So what we need to look at is is how to make sure we're attracting those right people and that we look after them. Mm. A prime example of this is even when you buy in an online store, and I do a fair amount of online shopping, 
is that the experience is actually a really positive one. And, and even when it's delivered to me, it can be beautifully wrapped and packaged. And, and so even a product that's being bought online has a personal touch, whereas the retailers are still doing the same as they've always done. But because the online, the online um, uh, sector is taking so much of it because of their superior service, it's only bound to happen. So it, it needs people need to understand that you've got to attract the right people and look after them when they get there. Mm. So, so you've mentioned the term personality. How, how yeah. does that fit in? Well, when it comes to, for example, social media, your business personality is who you are. Um, think about def- defining your persona when engaging on social media. So it's based on your business brand. So for an example, you know, you're going to be talking to Tony Vidray as an accountant. Is your business friendly and approachable? Um, do, do you really want to engage with a, an accountant who on their Facebook page is talking about client experiences and talking about their clients in an unprofessional manner? So everything that you put out there needs to reflect what the business is about. Mm. If, for an example, you're a hairdresser, you need to be warm, friendly, show some images of great haircuts you've done, show um, pictures of happy clients and really engage with them, showing showing people exactly what you do and how well you do it. And don't try and be someone that you're not. Um, you know, I, I guess what it comes down to is you don't want to engage with people you don't fit with. So if we're offering something that just doesn't fit with our brand values, if we're a really fabulous hairdresser and we put very poor comments about our our um, clients up there, people aren't going to want to come and see you. So it really has to reflect who you are. And, of course, it goes back to the basics there of really understanding your target market, doesn't it? Absolutely. If you if you don't know who you're looking for, how are you going to know what to say to them? So the first thing, first step of any marketing strategy is to say, well, who is my ideal client? And a lot of people um, say, say you've got a shoe store, they'll say, I want people who want to buy shoes. But it's not that simple. We need people that want to buy shoes, that have the funds to buy the shoes, that have the time to come and shop to buy the shoes, that, that um, are, will, will actually wear the shoes. So you've got to really focus on who it is, what their demographic is, where they're located, what their earning expenditure is, and really uh, what their earning capacity is, and really look at exactly who that person is. And then once you find that person we can then work out exactly what we need to say to get them to come to us. And, so and of we're course, matching it up. That also helps us, the target market that is, helps us with mm. what type of social media we should be using, whether it's Absolutely. LinkedIn or, yep. or uh, Facebook yep. or Twitter. We, we would understand which particular media that our mm. uh, target market mm. was, was, was engaged with. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're a recruitment firm and we're looking for you know, the perfect engineer to be in the perfect role, we're going to go onto LinkedIn and see what, see what sort of people are on there. So you're spot on because different, different, um, platforms of social media have different purposes. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of businesses will need to be on all of them depending on, again, what industry you're in. Yeah. But for some businesses, you know, Twitter's not going to work for you, but then for others, it's fabulous. Yeah. So it's really making sure that you make a, a, a real decision to choose what ones are actually right for your business. And what I can suggest for anyone listening is that whatever you do, don't put your business on all of the platforms and hope for the best. Yeah. You need to be engaging. So you're better off not to have one than to have one that's not engaging because it can actually have the reverse effect for your business. Which, which fits into our last question, how do I measure the results? Well, measuring results, it, it doesn't have to be a, a, a lengthy process. Like any marketing strategy, you need to know that it's performing. You need to know that you're getting something back from it. So I guess that the first thing you can do is make a question, take, pose a question and say, how did you find out about us? Mm. 
Mm. And it's a very, very simple thing. And people go, oh, there's got to be something more. But just knowing how people found out about you, great, fabulous. I'm tell- I can then find out, oh, yeah, they found me on Facebook. Fabulous. I'm going to put more of my efforts on Facebook because it's working for me. Mm. And just knowing where customers are coming to you from is fabulous. And the other thing to remember to ask is, why are you a repeat customer? This is a, this is a golden one because if you're getting repeat customers, you've got to look after them. Um, and, and even online, I get, um, I get some of the, the places that I purchased from actually sending me an email saying, thank you so much for your recent purchase. Um, we really appreciate your efforts in being a repeat customer. Like that's fabulous and it's such a simple process to do. It is. Well, thanks for mm. your time again, Belinda. We'll have no a chat problem. with you another Great time. You. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Belinda Bauer there from Green Chili Marketing. The importance of particularly fitting that social media into our overall marketing strategy. Business, the law and you on 2NURFM 103.7. With thanks to our sponsors, AV Chartered Accountants. And time to pop over to AV Chartered Accountants. Have a chat with Tony Vidray. Good afternoon, Tony. Hello, Gillian. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Very well. Interesting listening to Belinda and her marketing tips earlier on. Yeah, so what sort of an accountant are you? Well, one that, doesn't, one, one that doesn't, does not engage in, uh, in bad um, experiences in a social media environment. Oh, I don't know. I've read some of your Facebooks. Uh, we always, we, <laughs> they're not bad experiences. <laughs> you keep that separate. We do. We do. Actually, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting reading some of the bad experiences and how businesses deal with them online. It can, all, it can often uh, yeah, make or break people. It's quite interesting. It is, really. So, so we're receiving some letters from the tax office at the moment. Well, here's an organisation that's gone into marketing overdrive at the moment. Um, this time, just about every year, they love to send out a series of letters, and I've got a, um, samples of four of them that have hit my desk um, in the last week, um, where they're actually writing directly to clients. Even if you have a tax agent, they're going to bypass the tax agent and actually write directly um, to the client. So there's going to be a lot of listeners who are going to get some letters in the mail pretty much just sort of tapping you on the shoulder to say, hey, you know, we're, we're looking at claims. Um, be careful that you don't do the wrong thing. There's, um, there's, there's four different letters. The ones I've got here, one is for people in the building and construction industry. Um, some is, one's just a generic letter about claiming deductions. One is for people who have rental properties. And one is, uh, ironically, is for people in the sales and marketing <laughs> managers. Mm. So they're just... Look, this is viewed in a few different ways. One of them is that wonderful, you know, I'm from the tax office and I'm here to help you um, type scenario. Um, and then at the other end of the extreme, it's um, it's seen as a bit of coercion and uh, just, you know, big brother tapping on the shoulder to say, hey, we're watching you. Be careful what you put in your June 13 tax return uh, because we're watching. So uh, what should we do with them? Just uh, be mindful of the fact that that's there and... Uh File them in the round filing tray, uh, <laughs> put them through the shredder. Oh, look, no, at the end of the day, they're, they're legitimate letters that just remind people to be careful. And what actually happens is this. The tax office gather data for each industry, okay? Yes. So let's say you're in the building and construction industry. They gather data across the whole of Australia and then they break it down, you know, uh, per segment as well, state and metropolitan and, and uh, country areas. So they have a feel for the average claim that is made in the building and construction industry. So, for mm. example, if that average happens to be $800 per person per annum, and I'm not saying that it is, but let's just go with that, <laughs> so people don't just start claiming that figure. If you're in the building game and you claim $5,000, that puts you above the curve, and the risk and, and, uh, of getting an audit is quite high. Yeah. So, And they won't, 
they kind of won't let you know what those averages are, but they're just reminding you that if you sit outside the curve, um, interestingly, they're saying here that they're focusing on incorrect claims for work-related car expenses because that's a big issue in the construction industry where people just get in the car and drive to work and still think that's a, a deductible trip. Um, travel expenses and then telephone, computer and home office expenses, which can be a little bit rubbery as to whether there's a link between those expenses and the actual earning of the income. So that's why they're just tapping people on the shoulder and saying, even if you go through a tax agent, you know, we, we will look at these claims in the June 13 financial year. Mm. And of course now you can actually look at some benchmarks for industries, for particular businesses online, can't you? Yeah, yeah, they do have some statistics on that. They've also got some fact sheets about what particular industries uh, are allowed to claim, and they're on the tax office website. If you do a search mm. in your particular industry, um, chances are there's a fact sheet as to what they, they say can and can't be claimed. I'm not 100% um, happy with those because I, I disagree with some of the things that they put um, on those fact sheets. They, um, they seem to have a very, um, very narrow uh, interpretation of what can be claimed, um, but there are circumstances where some deductions can be claimed. In specific circumstances, but then they're not really in the business of, of laying Helping. their soul bare <laughs> and telling you what, what you should claim. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your time, Tony. We'll have a chat with you next week. Talk next week. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Tony Vidray there from AV Chartered Accountants. Yep, those letters are there. Just as a reminder, just to keep you honest, time to pop over to Christina Sikiatis for a minute on innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. So we, we're going to focus today on other things other than dollars from the innovation. Well, yeah, I was I was reading um, an article this week, and I just want to read you the opening paragraph. It's an article on innovation. It says, as competitors evolve and customers' needs change overnight, innovation has become a basic requirement for organisations to survive, which we've spoken about before. Um, beyond mere survival, it is also one of the biggest factors in unlocking exponential organisation success such as increased revenue growth on a larger market share. Now, while I agree with that, it almost seems to me that innovation is becoming a word used synonymously with make more money, grow your business, whilst while these end results, I wonder if we've shifted the focus of what, we've, of what the core value of innovation is to making money. Mm-hmm. Now, making money should be the result of the innovative practice in an organisation, not the initial focus or catalyst. Mm-hmm. If we go straight from brand new idea to the dollar outcome, chances of the innovation diminish because there's too much pressure. As innovation champions, we want to encourage new ideas and supportive management and we want to get rid of red tape and make processes easier and we want to make it easier to fail. So I'm suggesting we approach innovation from from a starting point of improvement. What can I do to make life easier for my customers or clients? What do my customers or clients need? What can I make make or do to make life easier for my workplace? So from a starting point where there's little pressure to succeed in capital letters, as in dollars, we will certainly find a few disruptive um, innovations surfacing. So, you know, that, that whole focus of the innovation, mm. we're still going to get that disruptive innovation. But my concern is that we're shifting the momentum from innovation ever so slightly, but it's got the potential to cease instead of increase our efforts. Yeah, in innovating. It, and of course, as you correctly say, if we focus on all these other areas, the dollars will increase anyway. That's right. And, and it's, it's going to be more fluid if it happens from the starting point and goes through the process to the end point rather than just focus on make me money now. And Zig Ziglar once said, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Absolutely. And, you know, that was the theme almost at the Humor Kai lecture from the Hunter Valley Research Institute last night. Um, where he said that we, we have potentially 
the, the most sense of belonging and the most sense of peace and um, things like that when we're actually giving and helping others and supporting others. Great. Well, thanks for your time, Christina. We'll have a chat with you again next week. We shall. Have a great week, Julian. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiatis with our Minute on Innovation there. Yeah, let's focus on uh, other things other than dollars, and those dollars will flow. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program again. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to look at mediation with Sonia Anderson from Anderson Law and Mediation Services. We'll enter the world of tax again with Tony Vidray of AV Chartered Accountants and, of course, that Minute on Innovation with Christina Securitas. Some other tips to motivate you and improve your business. I'd love your company at the same time for business, the law and you. Until then, have a safe and prosperous week and, as Joseph Campbell once said, a computer is like an Old Testament God with lots of rules and no mercy. <laughs>